0: Hey guys, it's Alex, one of your hosts for Death by Music podcast. This week's episode is coming to you from our Patreon. We needed to take a couple of weeks to continue our research on two very big episodes to end season four. Now, we didn't want to deprive you of any episodes, so we asked you in our Facebook group if you would rather hear Jimi Hendrix or Jim Morrison from our 27 Club season, and you voted for Jim Morrison up the doors. This is a two-parter, so part two is going to post next Wednesday, and don't worry, Patreon subscribers, you are also getting some extras this month as well. You can support the show on Patreon for $5 a month. The link is in our show description, and we have a whole season on Patreon. 27 club members and to join our facebook group and become a part of the discussion search for death by music podcast fans thanks and enjoy the show originally posted on december 12th of 2021 Do you know what movie this is from? Gold, <laughs> the Doors movie by Oliver Stone.
1: Um, <laughs> when did we watch that? Did we watch that together? I don't think we. Did. We watched it sep- We watched it separately. I think
0: we watched it separately. I remember. But watching we still it. had the
1: same revelation. Like, ah!
0: <laughs> it's not that aggressive.
1: Mm, it's really I don't know. That,
0: it's more poetic. This is Jim Morrison we're talking about. Gold. I can't
1: see Val Kilmer in any <laughs> other role because I just imagine him shirtless. Not even Batman.
0: Oh, yeah, he he's was Batman, Batman. He,
2: he was uh ooh late nineties I he's think he's got a
0: good face for the mask i think was he, he
2: was he, was he, he was... the one with the Batman suit with the nipples or was that uh, the uh...
0: <laughs> don't ask me I have no idea <laughs> anyway, speaking of Jake, I am here um no no jake you're you're officially the Rob trujillo to our Metallica. you oh. have been in the band now longer than Um, our last bassist, Jason Newstead. This is your 21st full episode. Son of a bitch. uh, Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's where all my free time went this year. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) God damn, I'm so far behind on video games. What were
0: you going to do with it?
2: Video games. (laughs)
0: You were going to be on GTA 5. How many days have you spent playing GTA 5? If you put all the time that you you put into GTA 5, if you put that into the podcast, imagine how great we could be.
2: Yeah, if I had spent all Um, that time actually doing something that would make money. Yeah. I'd, I'd be a millionaire. Playing time in GTA Online ninety seven days, forty nine minutes, seven seconds.
0: And does it tell you when that started?
2: No, but I have, I had, I pretty much had the game almost since it came out. Which was so it, it's been it's like an eight year old game. Well, and I've spent a lot of time off in between. Like there's a couple years, three, four years, where I just didn't touch it, yeah, and it's I got only back in twelve
0: into it. full days a year that you sat in front of the TV and played that specific game.
2: Well, still
0: now, um, as we have previously mentioned. In this episode, roll oh. we are talking about Jim Morrison, who has had um a lot of drunken mishaps oh yeah now we we discussed him in a mini episode previously, talking about his car, which mm-hmm. was a
2: uh 1967 shelby gt500
0: yeah so he had a mustang and he would just drunkenly do all this dumb shit in it and one of those things was he he like wrecked it multiple times he ran Mm -hmm. into like a telephone pole or something and then just like got out of it and went back to the party and was like man fuck it i'll pick it up later
2: he actually made a, a, a short film about it too where he was driving around in the car and you he's drinking Beer while <laughs> he's, he's driving, driving, driving in the, the car it. and filming it.
0: I think that was legal in in 1967 or whatever, though. Uh, I don't know. I think drinking and driving was legal back then. <laughs> I mean, there used to be know. ads
1: like enticing you to do cocaine. I think that drinking was they. Probably yeah, and <laughs> certainly
0: filming and driving was legal. I mean, that didn't become illegal until just recently. So drinking, I think, drinking and driving was legal though because I watched. Um, because I'm an expert, I watched a TV show. Yeah, Mad Men. Takes oh. place partially in like mm-hmm. I think it's like the early sixties, and they just got this like big fucking mm. giant ass car, and like literally people just would drink and drive, and they were never like, oh my god, don't do that, because it wasn't it wasn't a thing. wasn't a thing yet. Some other things like that we learned in this research is when Jim Morrison gets fucked up, not only does he wreck his car, he also likes to get naked. Um,
1: we have that
0: in cool. <laughs> I'm googling it now. I'm when kidding. The, when Cassie gets drunk. She likes to cry uh. on the front porch. <laughs> she drinks a bottle of wine. It was two
1: bottles of wine, and I was in my feelings that day.
0: What do you do? Play GTA 5? GTA oh, 5, yeah. He talks more. <laughs> he does talk more. Yeah. I usually fall. I fall a lot. And we did talk about falling recently in the Hank Williams mini episode, but um, I don't remember which particular fall I talked about, but I can think of two right now. There was one where I was doing karaoke, and I was in the middle of singing Metallica's Enter Sandman. Um, And my friend was recording me and I ate shit. I like tripped over an amp, fell into a corner between the amp and the wall into a pile of wires. And then I couldn't get myself out. Um, And I'm pretty sure there's a video of it out there. Uh. And that was the that was so fucking embarrassing because I was in the middle of the song, too. And I had to get up and finish it. And so that was one time I fell. And then I recently ate shit in the middle of the street. Didn't trip over anything. There was nothing there. It was just the street. And uh, everybody was in front of me and I just fucking slammed on the ground. I've done that not being drunk. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They all turned around and were like, Alex, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, it didn't, it didn't happen. Ignore it.
1: I was walking one day with Dan and we were coming out of a store and i was looking at the receipt because i was like why was that so expensive and he didn't let me know that he had stepped off of the curb so i went to go walk like i was still on a oh, sidewalk he have notified you i was like why did you tell me there was a curb there i just <laughs> fell on the ground Aww. i fell so hard i was like you know how many people just saw me this is a busy ass parking lot i would be like
0: dan no one hit me please no. Yeah.
1: no no i was like why <laughs> didn't you tell me there was a sidewalk and he was like
0: you were on it i was like but the curb um but we should probably
2: oh start this episode
0: yeah officially
2: half an hour in yeah what it's not say? that
0: far in it says 15 thir- 13 it minutes says 13 minutes but by the That's time i get my hands on it it's gonna be much less yeah <laughs> I gotta cut out um all of Cassie's yawns and all of Jake's gurgles. <laughs> She's fucking <laughs> yawning again. <laughs> said yawn. uh, it wasn't a command. Trying to get it out. Well, Jake.
2: All right, and here we go. Welcome everybody to Death by Music Podcast. I'm Jake. My computer screen just shut off. <laughs>
0: it's because we've been talking so fucking long. <laughs>
2: yeah, went to sleep. It's like fuck you guys. Uh, tired, like I'm here with Cassie, who is also sleepy. <laughs> She's yawning <laughs> <not> again, <even care.
0: laughs> <laughs> Stop saying yawn. Alex Please is here. No. She's
2: getting pissed.
0: <laughs> when, I, when I drink, I get angry. Oh
1: smear gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a off we
2: are talking about Jim Morrison today.
0: Oh, um, I, don't, I actually <laughs> think I'm a happy drunk most generally. But don't get on my bad side. Fuck you up. Uh, anyways, our sources today are Wikipedia, <laughs> uh, Creativity, Alcohol and Drug Abuse, the pop icon Jim Morrison. This is a scholarly paper by Rainer M. Holm Hadula. So I found this paper. It was like it was something for college. It was like a term paper or a research paper or something. And it was crazy. Ray Eric on the intro of Light My Fire. This was on the Muser. There was songfacts.com ultimateclassicrock.com and decades.com five acts that felt the wrath of ed sullivan no author listed what is the relationship between creativity depression substance abuse and artistic expression while several of our 27 club stories were the victims of violent murder more often the subjects uh, were victims of depression and addiction jim morrison's story is of the latter category he simply felt too deeply, and while he first believed that substances would encourage his creativity and unlock his mind, he quickly spiraled out of control to numb his pain. But is it really better to burn out than to fade away?
2: So if you're like me, you don't make your existence known to anybody, then you don't have to do either one.
0: You can't say that anymore. One listener knows exactly who you are. Oh, oh shit. On December 8th, 1943, Lieutenant George Stephen Morrison, a rear admiral... (laughs) In the Navy. And Clara Virginia. Welcome to baby boy James Douglas Morrison to the world. James was the oldest of three, with a younger sister named Ann Robin and a brother named Andrew Lee.
2: So classy sounding.
1: You made that whole sentence rhyme.
0: Did I? Oldest you did. of
1: three, Whoa. Andrew Lee. Yeah, you did. Wow. You're a poet.
0: Wow, Jim Morrison's really rubbing off on me.
1: I hope not. Gross. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, at (laughs) At the young age of four, Morrison allegedly witnessed a car crash in the desert. Now, the incident was particularly striking to Morrison, who claims to have seen a bunch of Native Americans injured and dead on the side of the road. Brutal. Yeah, this was one of the most impactful events in his life and would come up in multiple works of his in the future. Morrison's family recalls the incident differently. They say they did drive past an accident near a reservation and that it did upset Jim very much. But his father said that they just passed by some Native Americans that were crying um, while Jim described it as bleeding and dying scattered across the highway.
2: Yes, this sounds like some false memories, which we've uh, mentioned before. Uh, I was reading an article on BBC.com by Sarah Griffiths.
0: Is that a BigBlackCock.com?
2: Yes, it is. Big British cock, I think. Black British cock. Yeah. Hmm. All That's right. That's Let me get back on track here.
0: <laughs> Cassie likes
2: that one. <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, her article was on the subject of false childhood memories, and apparently children are more susceptible to forming false memories after looking at pictures or videos. So uh, one of the researchers that she cites says, uh, if you're the type that can get lost in a book and zone out the world around you, you're more likely to have memory distortion shit (laughs) (laughs) so i'm betting little jim being how he was might have uh, combined the accident with something he saw on tv or maybe in a movie i wonder you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping you
1: feel me loading them up on it it only takes structure And, and you know just paying attention to the climate of the game yeah, nah, man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? Man? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, yeah, oh I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying, oh, I'm, trying yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, look, look, look. We all artists, man. We no. go, you feel me? We gonna have this like, bro, bro, Me and my man, like me and my man, Kyle. Like, <laughs> like, we be like, I don't know. We play, we play with this shit. I go, I we play with this shit right now for a lie. Don't play with it. Take that shit.
0: Um, I wonder also because it's his account basically versus his dad's and his dad was uh, a military guy and had seen probably all kinds of shit before. So it was also an adult. Yeah. I mean, he was an adult four years old. Maybe it didn't have as big of an impact on him. Um, if he was like, oh yeah, whatever. So they were just crying, you know, whereas a kid, if you see somebody and you think that they're dead, like that's gotta be real traumatic. They might not have been, but it's important to mention up top because it does come up Uh, much later and it was like right off the bat like a really upsetting thing that happened to him so morrison's parents did not quite understand his creativity and his rebellious tendencies they'd punish him through shame and guilt and then they would withdraw any love and affection for him if he were being sensitive or dramatic
2: as any parents worth their salt should. So what?
0: just Wait, ignore no. your child. <laughs> no. So he had toxic parents. Cool. Yeah. 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 No. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Jake is toxic. Uh, Jim's yeah. father was largely absent, as he was in the military.
1: Ah, which I've learned from therapy that this can lead to some childhood trauma as an adult. Who would have mm-hmm. thought?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This also lent to a fundamental misunderstanding of his child's art and writing. Jim's father was hoping that he would follow suit and join the military but that was simply not in the cards when jim's father would discipline he wouldn't spank he would go the military route of dressing down aka screaming at and berating your kid until they break
1: yeah verbal abuse instead of the the physical abuse yeah, yeah, cool yeah, yeah, yeah. cool yeah. yeah
2: this is terrible but all i can think of is full metal jacket and arlie Ermey. Yeah. yeah you guys ever oh my god I I know that's a representation of you know what used to happen in the Marines and Arlie Ermey was a legit Marine drill instructor so yeah. he was being himself but, but God damn it that scene's so funny. <laughs>
0: not when you're a child um but yeah the so the accident that jim had witnessed as a child had a deeply traumatic psychological effect on him and he coped initially by expressing himself creatively so jim was unknowingly giving himself
1: art therapy Mm -hmm. which is like that's cool um so this process does help to re-experience emotions in a way that allows people to organize their feelings and form a narrative around an overwhelming experience
0: right so jim was a military kid he spent a lot of time in San Diego as a child, but he did also move to Virginia, Texas, New Mexico, California, and then back to Virginia.
2: I've been to all those states and even lived in a couple of them.
0: Same. Growing up, Jim read a ton, and he was interested in poetry and philosophy, particularly the work of Friedrich Nietzsche. That
1: was Nietzsche.
2: Not according to Google.
0: I mean, if you're... So I think...
2: It... Nietzsche. Nietzsche.
0: I'm assuming this is a German name and um, in German you would pronounce it Nietzsche. Cool. But in English for some reason a lot of people that I hear say this name they do say Nietzsche, but you would not pronounce that E at the end if we're looking phonetically at the German language. But what, it doesn't fucking matter. I'll just say whatever you feel. So Nietzsche. We know we're talking about the same dude, Nietzsche.
2: Yes. Uh, Nietzsche. Friedrich. Fried- well, let's just
0: call him Friedie.
2: <laughs> Friedrich <laughs> Wilhelm Nietzsche.
0: Friedrich.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Nope>.
2: <laughs> was born in spelled. prussia aka germany in 1844 here's a direct quote from wikipedia nietzsche's writing spans philosophical polemic, or polemics, whatever on. the
0: fuck that is
2: yes polemics. okay poetry cultural criticism and fiction while displaying a fondness for aphorism and irony prominent elements of his philosophy include a radical critique of truth in favor for perspectivism a genealogical critique of religion and Christian morality, and the related theory of master-slave morality, the aesthetic affirmation of life in response to both the death of God and the profound crisis of nihilism, the notion of Apollonian and Dionysian forces, and a character uh, and a characterization of the human subject as the expression of competing wills collectively understood as the will to power. Fuck me.
0: Yeah, I still don't know.
2: <laughs> he also developed influential concepts such as the Ubermensch and the doctrine of eternal return. Oh, that's an eternal in his...
0: rectum. <laughs> <laughs> it's never ending. You are going to be
1: damned to the internal rectum. The
0: internal uh, rectum. Yeah. The that's colon. the best part. That's the colon. Oh, sure.
2: The interior. Uh, In his later work, he became increasingly preoccupied with the creative powers of the individual to overcome cultural and moral moors in pursuit of new values and aesthetic health. So whatever all that means, I'm sure someone understands it.
0: Yep, not me. (laughs) Moving on. He also drew influence from Jack Kerouac, Allen Ginsberg, Franz Kafka, and more. Ah, so like Janice, he was also
1: a beatnik.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, So he was even stumping his English teachers in high school with his offbeat literary choices on 16th century demonology. What a
2: fucking nerd. I didn't even finish with Mice and Men.
0: We have talked about that. The classics are classics
1: (laughs) for multiple reasons. One of them is to to teach us that some classics are also terrible
0: and shouldn't have been 600 pages long for what they didn't have anything to do back then. That's true. Uh, So Jim's senior English teacher had another colleague check with the library of Congress to make sure that Jim's book choices actually existed because The Library of Congress would have been his only source. Like, they thought he was just bullshitting his book reports and whatever. (laughs) Jim maintained an A average in school and had a high-level IQ, which was 149.
1: A score of 116 or more is considered above average, and a score of 130 or higher signals a high IQ. Membership in Mensa, the High IQ Society, includes people who score in the top 2%, which is actually usually about 132 or higher. So he was above that. That's crazy.
0: Me too. I should take an IQ Just test. Just kidding. See where I'm at. We're all like at a 13. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I don't think so.
0: Hey, we be writing papers every week. True. We gotta be up there. True. Uh, anyways. So, uh, Jim had a high IQ, but he still had trouble coping with frustration. By the time he was 18, Jim had begun to defend his vulnerability with aggression. Um, he also developed an interest in reptiles later calling himself the lizard king.
2: So was he aggressively defending himself with a lizard from hell's heart I stab at thee while he's aggressively pointing a horny toad at somebody?
0: Yeah. You just wanted Wait, a reason a, to say horny toad. A toad is not a lizard.
2: Th- no, it's horny amph- toads are a thing. I used to catch them out in the southwest when I was, when I was a kid. They're reptiles.
1: Is it a lizard or amphibians? Yeah. Is it no, a toad? they're not
2: amphibious because they're out in the desert. They're, they're turtles. They're, I mean, little, they're, they're, they're fat toads. little lizards and they call them toads, a horny but they're to- You look oh, it Oh,
1: it's not a frog? No. Oh. No, it's- oh, also, just- also random thought. What if any time a <laughs> reptile heard the Doors music, they would revolt? Like a, a Pied Piper scenario, but instead of getting them to leave the town, they just got them to attack people?
0: That would be sick. <laughs> I Honestly, have never listened to the Doors in the presence of reptiles, so it could oh be... Oh, my Let's go gosh. to the pet store. <laughs> 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 that would be sick. Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) when he he graduated, Jim went off to live with his grandparents in Clearwater, Florida, attending St. Petersburg Junior College and later transferring to FSU.
2: Good old fucked up shit university. That might not be correct.
0: No, I think that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jim's grandparents didn't understand him (laughs) any more than his parents did. They noticed that he hated conformity and he was always just trying to shock them.
2: Did they have tasers back then?
0: No. 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 also we've
1: always lived in this perpetual state of the older generation not understanding the younger generation so like that still rings true
2: that is true sometimes I wonder what the fuck these asshole kids are smoking nowadays
1: vapes (laughs) is that what they call them have you seen those videos of people not to sidetrack but where they just like stick a flash drive out and someone will grab it Uh, and it's just flash drives because
0: that's what they look like now people don't have flash drives anymore and they'll they'll hold it out Okay, well, if you (laughs) if you you, you offered it to a child, they They would put their mouth on (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway,s I mean, I don't. I think that he not only was it this older versus younger generation thing with him and his grandparents. I think it was him in particular was he was very um, sensitive, different than his peers. Yes. So they for sure did not understand him more than like his siblings or whatever. Um, but yeah, he hadn't been drinking that much as a college kid. It was until he, he came home and his mother told him that he could not come inside until he got a haircut. So she rejected him, basically. And what did he do? He went out and he got drunk about it.
2: But uh, what if he shaved his pubes? You think she would have let him in?
0: <laughs> hey, mom, I cut my hair, but I bet you guess what, where, you won't
1: guess where. <laughs> it was pre-90s. Everyone was going full bush at that point. Giggity. 70s.
0: <laughs> Oh, seventies. That's what I meant. Nineties, like probably. Nineties. Whoa. I told you I can't read. It comes back every twenty years, you know. Um, also, in college, Jim got drunk at a football game, and he was charged with disturbing the peace. That was in nineteen sixty-three, and then uh, Jim started to find himself comfortable around people that were drinking, um, and then it, it allowed him to kind of like break free from his pain and his loneliness. Like they all had something in common. They were all depressed and drunk. Yes. In 1964, Jim moved again, this time to attend UCLA in California. While in attendance at this school, Jim took the comparative literature program and studied the work of French avant-garde writer Antonin Artaud. This would play a role in Morrison's dark theatrics and poetry.
1: The definition of avant-garde is a person or work that is experimental, radical, or an or unorthodox with respect to art, culture, and society. It is frequently. Char- <laughs> God damn it. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Your mouth hole. It is frequently characterized by aesthetic innovation and initial unacceptability.
0: All right. So that. <laughs> um, what? Shut
1: the fuck up. Okay. It's so- not for children. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. That is. Cra- okay.
0: <laughs> <the fuck>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that last one was on purpose i'm sorry it was funny okay. i knew you were mad <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that christmas would be the last time that jim saw his parents ever uh later jim would go on to say uh, um, that his parents and siblings were dead or that he was an only child he had a bit of a meltdown as well after a film that he had created as a project got a D for a grade. The professor commented that he was disappointed in Jim's work, although he had previously liked Jim's creations. So Jim reacted to this rejection by getting pissed drunk, climbing a tower on campus, and graffitiing it, and then stripping naked and throwing his clothes down to the ground.
1: Did he get expelled? He could have just said it was performance art. Hey. But
0: well, he eventually graduated from UCL's, UCLA's College of Fine Arts in 1965 with a degree in theater arts. After all, he was very dramatic.
2: Oh. Guess he didn't get expelled. Pretty yeah. chillic crowd out there in LA back in the day, huh?
0: Yeah. yeah. Everybody was naked. The Calif- can be met. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The California Penal Code introduced indecent exposure all the way back in nineteen no eighteen seventy two. So your boy Jim is lucky he wasn't charged with anything.
2: Well, sixties LAPD. I bet being a rich white kid didn't hurt.
0: Was he rich though?
2: He was going to college, so he he's getting money True. from somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they had uh, probably bigger fish to fry at the time. I think there was like yeah. the time of a lot of serial killers and shit. Not that the LAPD was ever frying any fish. <laughs> so I don't know they were. They were busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were
1: busy at backyard barbecues.
0: Now, most of the artists that we have covered um, had picked up piano by the age of three or were headlining the church choir as a toddler. But Jim graduated college and, you know, now it's been 100 percent about literature and poetry for him. He was not musical at all as a kid. But what is poetry, if not song lyrics? My favorite poem, you ask.
1: <clears throat> booty, 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 booty. Rockin' everywhere. everywhere.
0: <laughs> Jake's twerking right now. I'm adding that to my karaoke list. I miss new booty. (laughs) I have a a notepad of all of the songs I want to sing at karaoke in my phone. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I can do that one. So Jim moved to Venice Beach to live on the rooftop of a building where one of his old cinematography friends lived. Uh, He lived on canned beans and LSD. Ah, yes, the two major food groups. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) the fucking, that is the pyramid. Alex
1: loves beans.
0: And LSD. I actually hate both things, (laughs) I think. He wrote a bunch of uh, songs during this time that would later go on to be recorded by the Doors.
2: Dude's living the life. How do you canned beans and LSD on a rooftop? It's amazing.
0: Yeah, he's just living on the fucking, it's amazing that they weren't called the roofs. (laughs) Uh, anyways, he had a girlfriend, Mary, who thought that the drugs thing was, like, a bad idea, but Jim started to believe that it was helping him with his creativity and art. And he wasn't wrong, kind of. I mean, it did seem to influence him positively for a time. This relationship with, with uh, like, psychedelics and booze and whatever, where people are like, oh, it, it helps me be more creative. It's why I'm drinking a smeared off Ice Smash right now, actually. Um...
1: Because you think that helps you be creative? Oh, it helps
0: me. It helps. I'm very uh, articulate. And with alcohol? Uh huh. Um, I mean, I, did you hear the joke I just made about them not being called the roofs? I would have never thought of that if I hadn't had oh. half of that Smirnoff <laughs> Ice. Cream. I was like, <laughs> neither of
1: us laughed, but okay.
0: <laughs> God damn it! I'm proving the point. It doesn't help. It only hinders lips of an angel. You remember that song? It's by Hinder. I could be in that band. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, that's expensive equipment. <laughs> Fucking up my oh, broadcast. <laughs> <so>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> crying. You better fix that mic. I'm crying. What the fuck? Okay.
1: What's wrong with it? So, <laughs> how...
0: That was a good impression. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have Victoria put a little um, music player on the website oh that's like goodness. suggested tunes and it's going to be Lips of an Angel, um, Boogie Shoes. Oh, I love Boogie
1: Shoes. I call it Boogie Shoots when I'm saying it. And Miss um,
0: New Booty and that's yeah. it. <laughs> okay. So. How did the doors come to be?
2: I imagine somebody wanted some sort of covering <laughs> for the entrances to the other rooms in the building.
0: While very insightful of an answer. Wrong! It is incorrect! <laughs>
2: well,
1: shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, Ray Eric also went to UCLA for cinematography. But Ray and Jim did not meet in the program. They met as Ray was loafing on the beach one day. Morrison ran into Ray on the beach. He recognized him from school and then expressed that he had been spending all of his time since graduation writing song lyrics. Ray asked Jim to sing one of his songs, and he was quite impressed with his lyrics. The song that he sang was The Beginning to Moonlight Drive. The lyrics were, Let's swim to the moon, let's climb through the tide, penetrate the evening that the city (laughs) sleeps to hide manzarek found it cool and spooky so they decided to start a rock band uh, starting first with ray's current band rick and the ravens and then later adding robbie krieger on guitar and john densmore on drums now this was the mid-60s so everybody was obsessed with the maharishi mahesh yogi
2: no relation to Yogi Berra, surprisingly.
0: <laughs> huh. That is surprising.
2: Yes. <clears throat> Your turn.
0: <laughs> it's me again. Okay. So the Maharishi
1: Mahesh Yogi was an Indian guru known for developing and making popular transcendental meditation, which is a form of silent mantra meditation that is claimed to promote relaxed awareness, stress relief, and access to higher states of consciousness, as well as physiological benefits like reducing the risk of heart disease like Cheerios and high blood pressure. Um, what did you say? Cheerios.
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 I don't think we're going to make it through this whole thing. <laughs> Are we on page three? <laughs> Four? Oh, my God. Close enough. All right, Cassie. Got one more part for the rest of the page. You got the next it. line. What? Oh. Yeah, you're right in the middle there. <laughs> yes. Jim wasn't as interested in the meditation practices, uh, but the other three band members all attended Maharishi's classes.
1: The Maharishi toured the world with his practices and attracted thousands of followers, many of whom were celebrities like Mick Jagger, Brian Jones, Marianne Faithfull. And in 1967, his fame increased in his movement. Gained greater prominence When he became the spiritual advisor to the Beatles
0: So of course the name The Doors was inspired by literature Morrison chose to name the band After The Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley A book about using psychedelics To unlock your mind The concept for that book itself was inspired By a William Blake quote If the doors of perception were cleansed Everything would appear to man As it is infinite
2: So deep
0: Finally, Jim had found his tribe, people who would accept him and allow him to grow creatively.
2: That's always a good thing. Nothing worse than hanging out with a bunch of Debbie Downers and Negative dancies.
0: Well, Jim obviously had a huge role in writing lyrics, Robbie also made a fair amount of contributions to many of the band's hits. Morrison had an interesting approach to writing songs as he didn't actually play an instrument. He would just come up with melodies and then the other band members would fill in with their own instruments and with rhythm. Morrison was a very gifted tambourine player. That was one of the only instruments that Jim would play live, although he did contribute some piano parts to Orange County Suite. Now, the group played a residency at a shitty L.A. nightclub called The London Fog. It was kind of a trashy bar, but it got them performing in front of crowds and practicing their set over the course of four months in 1966. At The London Fog, Jim met a woman named Pamela Corson. Now, they had a very intense and later on toxic relationship. At first, though, Pam encouraged Jim. Whoa, Jim and Pam. Oh, Oh, shit. shit. I didn't realize this. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) at first, Pam encouraged Jim to develop his poetry. She was always supportive of Jim. She attended all of his shows. She looked at him as a great poet rather than a rock star. She was passionate, fiery, tough, and basically Jim's other half, um despite the fact that they were just in an open relationship. In May of 1966, the doors opened for them featuring Van Morrison, who had a residency at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go. Uh,
2: the doors opened for them. I get it.
0: The, no, this
1: sentence feels like a who's on first scenario. Oh my God. The doors was the band <laughs> who opened for them. Also a band. Oh. Well, metaphorical doors did open. Yes. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, we're many deep. many layers to that. We are penetrating. We're like deep. onions. It's <laughs> the fucking it's the it's, infinite. it's the Smirnoff, man. That's what I'm saying, bro. Is,
1: you're the only one drinking it though. I got it's water. It's fucking
0: seeping into your brains too, man. I hope not. Um <laughs> 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 on stage van from Okay, the so, door. The, like no, listen. The van me. door. I always thought I cuz I guess I'm an idiot. I always thought that Van Morrison was like not a real name of a person like of a human being i did not know his first name was van and his last name was morrison (laughs) like i thought this was a band name or a pseudonym or something but his name is literally van so on stage van morrison uh was apparently pretty reckless peppered with spontaneous movements impromptu solos and periods of like trance-like states was it the
1: lsd or was he just happy to be there
0: uh i don't know I don't know. I watched some (laughs) clips of him on stage and he was just it was very kind of mesmerizing how he was. It was it was different. So according to Scott Foundus of L.A. Weekly, Van Morrison sought to transcend the apparent boundaries of any given song to achieve a total freedom of form to take himself, his band, and the audience on a journey whose destination is anything but known. So, like I said, until researching this, I had not seen Van Morrison perform, but it's totally obvious now that Jim Morrison was very inspired by Van Morrison with his own <laughs> performances. So the two Morrisons got to perform together on the final night of the residency on Van's song, Gloria.
2: Not to be confused with Laura Branigan's Gloria.
0: That song slaps. Oh, Gloria. <laughs> It's, it's on the playlist. Re- oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> it's a great song. Uh, Van later praised Jim Morrison's raw vocals and skillful performance. The Doors started recording in late summer of 1966. Their debut self-titled album was created at Sunset Sound Recording Studios. They were also making music videos in November of 1966, beginning with a promo for uh, a promo film for Break On Through, which was their first single and a 12 minute drama for the end. The Doors began with TV appearances on local LA shows, but Break On Through was initially only a minor success. So they tried again, striking gold with a seven minute tune, containing a Bach-inspired organ riff and a possible drug reference. You may have heard of Light My Fire.
1: I didn't realize it was a drug reference. I thought it was, like, Bruh. sexual, like, mm-hmm. come on, baby. Get me turned on Suck and I light my and fire. <clears throat> Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, Manzarek was the Doors keyboardist and singer from 1965 to 1973, and he talked a bit about how Light My Fire's intro came to be. Basically, like Alex mentioned, classical composer Johann Sebastian Bach was the inspo. Uh, Manzarek essentially started playing A circle of fifths um, Which is the Way of organizing 12 chromatic pitches In a sequence of perfect fifths so that Everything oh, is right, like right, yeah. even gotcha. And it sounds good So they knew the song was going to end up on an A minor So they had to modulate the chords to end up On whatever that was um, So nonchalantly Manzarek says You know it just came out of nowhere About 15 or 20 years of music practice No No bother, no big deal <laughs> now however like my fire has been characterized as one of the most recognizable sounds in the history of rock music yeah oh, uh, but <laughs> when i yeah, was looking this up i was getting deja vu because i'm pretty sure i did a term paper on the doors what? for one of my music classes and like all of this was very eerily familiar and i was like where's that paper like i have no evidence of it but it's like in the back of my mind somewhere like i know oh, I. it's a- okay
0: um <laughs> we'll get flagged because you'll be plagiarizing yourself yeah without even knowing it <laughs> Not only was "Light My Fire" the first Doors tune to hit number one, it was the first single from Elektra Records to chop chop the tarts. <laughs> to top, I love tarts to top the charts. as when they pop the pop tarts. <laughs> It was the first single from Elektra Records to top the charts as well, selling over a million copies.
2: Indeed. The bulk of the song was written by Robbie Krieger. He was inspired by the Stones' song Play With Fire and wanted to write a song about one of the four main elements, earth, wind, and fire. The song was a group effort, as many of the songs were. Uh, Jim wrote the second verse. Ray Manzarek added the Bach inspired organ section. And John Dunsmore opened the song with a single snare drum hit. He also continued to play drums throughout the rest of the song.
0: Oh, wow. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad he did more than just that. But that was like a rare thing, though, to start a song with just a drum hit.
2: Yeah, that's probably. I'm assuming why he suggested it. I I think it worked out. Yeah, no, it's it's iconic. I mean,
0: you don't. uh, Maybe now it's different than back then, but to to start a song just on a single hit and then it goes Mm -hmm. straight into the organ like that was pretty. Um, what is it called when it's catches your ear when you're like it's catchy. Whoa. Attention grabbing. You know, like I said, I'm very (laughs) articulate. It's the Smirnoff. Guess who still wasn't impressed? It was Jim's dad. Jim's parents, Mm -hmm. Jim's dad in particular, was not impressed with any of his fame or success. So a friend took the record over to Jim's parents' house and played it for them, prompting his father to write Jim, saying to give up on any idea of singing or any connection with a music group because of what he himself considered to be a complete lack of talent in that direction.
2: What a stick in the mud. This
0: motherfucker had like a number one hit, and he was like, boy, give up. You suck.
2: (laughs) What the fuck?
1: I don't know, because fun fact, break on through to the other side was used in the soundtrack for the beloved... Film by, by you Forrest Gump from 1994. And then three other songs were used. Hello. I love you. People are strange and love her madly, but they never made the official soundtrack.
2: Hmm. Did you know Weird Al parodied Lump <laughs> oh my God.
0: by presidents of the
2: United States of okay, America? Look. His song is called Gump and He's it's about Lump. Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump mm-hmm. and includes a hilarious music video. Uh, anyways, let's get back on track. Weird Al did one of his style parodies of The Doors called Craigslist and even made a Doors-inspired music video to go along with it. Definitely go check it out.
0: That August, the group performed Light My Fire on TV for a variety show called Malibu U, or at least they pretended to perform it. The band was set on a beach. They were performing to a playback.
1: Uh, Didn't they learn this is a big no-no after the Beach Boys fiasco?
0: can you remind me of the beach boys fiasco because yeah. i don't remember that was they, season one <laughs>
1: they were playing on a beach doing some was it beach boys it had to be it was they were on a beach okay or it might have been elvis <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember we talked about somebody that nothing was on time and it looked like crap and nobody liked it and they wasted a bunch of time and money
0: yeah performing the playbacks is generally going to yield a shitty results but yeah like it, it totally took away from the magic of actually seeing the doors perform live and so this tv performance went largely unnoticed sure the doors had also performed an international broadcast for the canadian broadcasting corporation of their song the end but that went unreleased after the initial showing and it didn't result in a whole lot of publicity either but once ed sullivan came knocking on the doors Door. <laughs> they shot into infamy with a controversial "Light My Fire" performance on September seventeenth, nineteen sixty-seven. Cassie's <gasps> shot. <laughs> she's shot, or she's about to yawn. No, I was trying to
1: hold in a burp. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most of the most of what's coming out of Cassie's mouth is either no a yawn or a burp.
1: Or a hinder lyric.
0: Honestly, not enough of those. As many may know, the lyrics to Light My Fire are as such. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar if I was to say to you, girl, we couldn't get much higher. Come on, baby, light my fire.
2: For anybody who doesn't know who Ed Sullivan was, uh, he was the host of the famous American television variety program. The Ed Sullivan Show. The Ed Sullivan Show. How do
1: you not know who he is? He was the only host of The Ed Sullivan Show (laughs) show because it's about
2: him. It aired from from 1948 to 1971, making it the longest running variety show in the U.S. broadcast history history. Ed took a lot of pride in his show and obviously wanted guests to follow his rules. However, many did not appreciate his requests for song and or wardrobe changes. And here are a few examples. Ed had requested for Bo Diddley to play 16 Tons by Tennessee Ernie Ford, but Bo had other intentions and stuck with his original self-titled song, Bo Diddley. As you can imagine, Ed was not happy and accused Bo of double-crossing him and was never invited back onto the show.
1: How dare someone... Tell someone to play not their song. Right. Like, why would you go onto a show playing someone else's song? That's dumb. Yeah,
2: it's basically just a cover. The Stones, who we've talked about in a previous Twenty Seven Club episode, uh, were certainly not Ed's favorite act, but appeared six times nonetheless. <laughs> Ed did not like the way they looked and requested they wear jackets and wash their hair, and right. of course, they did not oblige. Mick Jagger also rolled his eyes on camera while singing the verse, let's spend some time together, which had been changed from let's spend the night together. I watched that video and he was like, ugh, like the ugh, whole time. Yeah, God, it, like, made it was serious well, well, that's, that's
0: a funny way to, to react to it because we did we did discuss that episode on the Brian mm-hmm. Jones um, episode of our show where when they went on he said hey this is too explicit to say let's spend the night together like oh come on what does that mean you're gonna fuck let's spend some time together that sounds more pg so i think Mm -hmm. it's funny that they combated it that way
2: elvis was infamously censored during his third appearance on the show after receiving thousands of complaints about his first two performances showing his seductively gyrating man hips ooh la la (laughs) He was purposely recorded from the waist (laughs) up because America was founded by prudes.
1: Yeah, we discussed the specific instance, too, on the main feed in our Elvis episode. But since y'all are elite, you already knew that.
0: Yeah, you already been listening to all those episodes. Um, I just think it's funny because like watching Elvis perform, he looks like a goober. He doesn't look. I don't know. I'm not like, damn. I mean, I guess times have changed, but I wouldn't really look at Elvis doing whatever the fuck he was doing and be like, oh, yeah. Lay it on me. No. No. (laughs) He's quite (laughs) fuckable. Okay, so Ed Sullivan infamously censored multiple artists, but the instance with the Doors is likely the most famous occurrence. See, it was a family show, and it was requested that the Doors remove the word higher, according to Ray Manzarek. Sullivan thought that it'd sound just as good if he would sing, girl, we couldn't get much better. Which is so stupid and doesn't <laughs> rhyme in the least.
1: You're mad about it. They could have said flyer, like pretty fly. or <laughs>
0: Pretty fly for a white guy. I don't think that was a thing back then. <laughs> so he wanted them to change the words. Whether Morrison ever intended to make the change or not, he still ended up singing the original lyrics on the air and said higher. On national television.
2: Good on him. Censorship is wrong. It
0: depends. It depends. I think it depends. But this was a dumb fucking case, in my opinion. Ed canceled the next... Six shows that had been planned for The Doors, telling them that they would never play on the Ed Sullivan show again. And Jim Morrison responded, hey, man, we just did the Sullivan show.
2: I wonder <laughs> how old Ed would feel about Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion uh, performing WAP on his show today. I did you just say
0: WAP? WAP. <laughs> WAP. <laughs> So luckily they were not totally blacklisted from TV. The Doors later performed Light My Fire and Moonlight Drive on the Jonathan Winters show. Now during a live performance at San Francisco's Winterland Ballroom, the Doors stopped their concert to catch the broadcast of them on the show. They wheeled a the TV out onto the stage. They were like, "Hold up, one sec. Let's watch ourselves on TV." Just
2: fucking ballers, yo.
0: From the top, make it
1: drop. That's a wop. <laughs> a wop. Whap. Whap. Now on that
0: note, no, you can't say
2: wop. That's offensive to Italians.
0: WAP We're saying WAP Why?
2: She said WAP WAPs are without papers
0: WAP WAP That's part of the fucking song. <laughs>
2: That's offensive to Italians I'm telling you
0: I think that's spelled W-O-P It is She's never heard that before No I've never Yeah
2: That's okay. what it is it's You got Guess I'm not racist There's no O in there It's an A
0: WAP <laughs> wap, WAP Well wap, good for you wap, The Italians wap.
2: aren't a race It's a nationality
1: But it's still bad To be like <laughs> Where are your papers <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh,
0: is that what that stands for?
2: Yeah, they would show up to Ellis Island or something like that and they didn't have their papers with them to to immigrate or emigrate, whichever one it is.
0: Wow. Wouldn't it be interesting And that if, was
2: like a derogatory term towards Italians and they call them WAPs. It
0: doesn't matter. What does matter is that we have gotten to a point where we need to stop talking because if we keep talking, we're going to be sitting here for six hours. So um, we are going to pick up... Next time, uh, between 1966 and 1967, just before the Doors started to record their second album, Strange Days. So uh, make sure that you stay tuned on our Patreon and we will get back with Jim Morrison Part Two uh, in like a couple weeks or something, maybe even one week. Who knows? Maybe sure. we'll get it done. Hey! Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you check out the main feed. As you know, in the Janice Joplin episode recently, we talked about covering Jerry Lee Lewis marrying his 13-year-old cousin as Gosh. a mini-episode, and we will be doing that shortly on the main feed. I believe December 20th is a Monday, and that's the day that we're going to release that. So make sure you check that out because it's a very interesting story. Uh, very disgusting. And um, yeah, we'll be back with part two very soon. Thanks for all the support. And I don't know, happy holidays! Happy holidays!
1: Can you put WAP
0: WAP on the playlist too? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> okay, so make sure you check out the playlist as well. It's in the description for this episode, um, and find our Facebook group. If we if we ended up on your year end Spotify review, share a screenshot with us because we think that's pretty cool. Pretty cool of all of you to be listening to us and.
2: Don't what? forget to check out the Death by Music podcast fans Facebook group. Did yeah, I, get it right? I think that's yes. it. And join the uh, Scotch Eggs versus Steve Harvey debate.
0: It's not Scotch oh, Eggs not. versus Steve Harvey. No. <laughs> I think Scotch Eggs win. <laughs> I would definitely
1: pick Scotch Eggs over oh, Steve Harvey. I have a new thing. Did you know that Dr. Phil's son is a musician?
0: No, is he hot? No. <laughs> all right thoughts on dr Phils sons music that is next the next debate in the group what are you doing girl we're gonna get in trouble all right rest in peace no they Say for this. your
1: part Bye. later
0: <laughs>